everyone, welcome to Becoming Divine. My name is Julia Wesley. I am a professional medium and a channel for my guides. And today we have very special guest, Sandy Forster with us. She is the money mindset mentor for women worldwide who are ready to experience more abundance and freedom in their life. Sandy went from welfare to millionaire, has been called Oprah's Aussie secret, and loves inspiring and empowering women to break through their blocks, manifest more money, and create a life they're truly passionate about. Her award-winning international bestseller, How to Be Wildly Wealthy Fast, has been translated into over 11 languages, and she's transformed the lives of hundreds of thousands of women worldwide. Sandy lives in her own tropical paradise near the beach in sunny Australia and has wild kangaroos grazing in her backyard every afternoon. You can connect with her at wildlywealthy.com. You have wild kangaroos in your backyard. Yeah, it's so cool. I live next to, I don't know, 10 or 20 acres of bushland. Yeah. And so they just come from out of there. And my grass is so lush and green and I've got a spring-fed dam. So they just love eating my grass. It's really cool. Man, that sounds magical. <laughs> it, is. it is. Yeah. So I'm really excited to get into Law of Attraction with you because as I was starting my path, that was one of the things that I had the hardest time with. I didn't understand the mechanics. Frankly, it sort of sounded like wishful thinking to me. I understand now that it's just how things work, but it's still something that, especially when it comes to money, I know I still struggle with it. And I think now in particular, there's a pandemic. America's not handling it well. People are losing jobs. We're, we're losing money hand over fist. And so I, I wonder how applying the law of attraction to something that seems so serious and as scary as it is now, how do you get into the mindset of, yes, this works? Good question. And I've been there too. I mean, I, I guess for me, I only really discovered what you call positive thinking. Um, mm -hmm. Gosh, I was in my 40s, early 40s, and I really loved the idea of it. Keep in mind that at the time I had divorced my husband. I was $100,000 in debt and on welfare. And so Thinking positively just made me feel better. That was the bottom line. Mm -hmm. But then I took it one step further and discovered the law of attraction. And I realized that thinking positively is great. But when you're in my situation, as I was, $100,000 in debt and on welfare, just thinking positively makes you feel nice in the moment, but it's not backed up by anything because I used to think, oh, um, how nice would it be to be a millionaire or have lots of money and be able to travel and do all the things I love. But then in the same breath, I would be thinking, but that's never going to happen. It's impossible. I can't see how my life's ever going to change. I didn't understand like I do now that positive thinking is one thing, but taking it to a whole new level and embracing the law of attraction is another. Because when you embrace the law of attraction and you understand that like attracts like, and that we are all energy, just as our body is energy, everything in the universe is energy, whether it's the seat you sit on or the computer screen you're looking at. Everything's made up of these tiny, tiny little vibrating energy packets because mm -hmm. that's what the entire universe is made of. And so like energy attracts. So while I was trying to be positive and thinking positive, I was basically cancelling that out in the next breath, as I said, thinking that's never going to happen, I'm so broke, blah, blah, blah. But when I discovered the law of attraction, it was like, okay, so I can focus on what I want, but don't bring the other side into it. Only focus on what I want. Don't keep coming up with the reasons why it won't work. Only focus on what I want to create, what I want to attract, what I want to manifest, 
And so at the time being $100,000 in debt and on welfare, I wanted to be a millionaire. To me, that was the ultimate goal. Like I had no idea what it meant to be a millionaire. I didn't know if that meant have a million dollars cash in the bank or whether it meant have a million dollar business or whether that meant net worth or gross. Like I had no clue. I just knew a millionaire was my goal. So I focused on that and I said affirmations around it and I visualized around it. And I, and this is the really important thing, which I think a lot of people when it comes to law of attraction miss was I took action around it. So Mm -hmm. one of the things I like to teach my students is it all comes down to aligning body, mind and spirit. And so many people are out there with the mind they're sitting there they're visualizing their million dollars they're really seeing themselves living that million dollar life but they're not doing anything they're expecting the million dollars to drop into their lap or maybe they're backing up that thinking that mind with the feelings which is the spirit so they're they're feeling they're a millionaire they're feeling abundant they're feeling they're going to be living their ideal life and they've got body uh, they've got spirit and mind aligned but they're not taking any action. And if you don't take action, then the universe can't deliver. I loved the quote that Wallace Wattles, who wrote The Science of Getting Rich, which was written way back in 1910, and it was one of the books that inspired the movie The Secret. In there, he says, by thought the thing you desire is brought to you, but by action you receive it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of mess up their thinking and their feeling but they're not taking any action and they're not willing when they think of an action to take, they're not willing to do it or consistently follow through or constantly be doing what they need in the practical real world sense, because we live in a physical world to back up all the metaphysical processes and exercises that they're taking. And when you do that, that's where magic happens. And for me, that's very much what happens. So I discovered the law of attraction, completely dived into it, you know, being $100,000 in debt on welfare, that's all I was thinking of before. But then I realized I needed to completely switch that around, which I did, and just focused on being a millionaire. And as ideas came to me, as connections came to me, as opportunities came to me, I just took action, I took action, I took action and went from welfare to millionaire. So I love sharing all those secrets. And I think that is where when I was trying to apply the law of attraction, it fell apart for me because I'm someone who loves to take action. I love to be involved in the process. Sometimes I like to take over the process and that is not helpful. <laughs> but <laughs> Controlling, <I> think... <laughs> trying to control the universe. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And so I would read something about the law of attraction and I probably wasn't getting the full picture of it. It just sounded like you sat in meditation, you wished really hard on a star for something and it would fall into your lap. And <laughs> I'm like, I feel disconnected from this process because it doesn't feel grounded in reality because you're absolutely right. We're physical beings. We're in a physical world. We need to do something physically. I think that is where my disconnect from it was. So I would be in a great mindset. I'd be feeling upbeat. And then I'd be like, oh, a bill is due. And here I am and I still don't have the money. And so then it would sort of snowball into law of attraction doesn't work. But I, I love the idea of taking practical action. And I wonder, for practical action, are you waiting for inspiration to come to you? Are you recognizing opportunity when it comes, is that what you take action on or are we supposed to pull action out of thin air? 
<laughs> Good question. So what you'll find is if you are spending time every day, so this isn't a dip your toe in the water, I'll try it today and then again next week and maybe next month. It's that I will commit every day. So you're doing some sort of process every day that's aligning your mind and aligning your feelings so that you're really getting to that feeling place of having manifested what it is that you desire. So you're thinking about it, you're feeling as if it's already happened. And what you will find is you will have ideas come to you. You will have um, opportunities come to you. They will just, it will just happen. It's not like, as you say, you just pull an idea out of thin air and, and think, oh, well, this will do and run with it. You'll find if you're aligning those other parts of yourself, your mind and your spirit, then the ideas for taking action will come. And let me give you an example. So one of the things that I did before The Secret came out, Law of Attraction was my thing. I mean, I taught Law of Attraction. I'd written a book, How to Be Wildly Wealthy Fast, about the Law of Attraction. I loved everything about the Law of Attraction. And when that movie came out, we couldn't buy it in Australia. And all I ever saw of it was a, a three-minute trailer. And it didn't say anything about the Law of Attraction in it. It just said that there's a secret and blah, blah, blah. I don't know what it's about, but it feels so in alignment. I want to send a present to the people who made the secret. So I emailed their website and I got an email back from Rhonda Byrne, the producer. And she said, I don't know how I got your email because none ever come to me, but somehow yours did. Yes, I'd love a present. And so I sent her my book and I sent her my Millionaire Mindset course and she emailed back and said, oh my gosh, did you watch The Secret and then write this? And I said, no, I still haven't seen The Secret. I can't get it here. I would love to see The Secret. And she's like, well, unfortunately, we can't sell it to Australia until it airs on TV. One of the conversations I had with Rhonda was like, I just don't understand. We need this in Australia. I want everyone in Australia to have it. No, 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 we cannot sell to Australia. And I said, well, can't someone in America sell it to someone in Australia? She said, sure. And I said, well, can an American company sell to someone in Australia? Sure. Now, I know nothing about importing, uh, duty, freight, shipping, blah, blah, blah. I've never done anything like that before. But it was just an idea. I asked her. She said, yes. That idea in less than a year made me close to $3 million because I was selling it to everyone in Australia. I was selling it to stores. I was selling it to bookstores. I was selling it everywhere. So the thing is, I could have seen the trailer for The Secret and thought like a million other people around the world, wow, that's great, and left it at that. Mm -hmm. But I had the idea to email them. And I not only had the idea, I took action and did that. Yeah. And when she said, yeah, I'd like a present, Again, I took action. I bundled it all up. I wrapped it up, went to the post office, shipped it off to America. People come up with ideas every single day of the week, but they don't understand that, that little idea was to email the people at The Secret. I didn't think I'm going to email them and see if I can make a few million dollars. It wasn't my <laughs> train of thought. Right. But that one little action led to something big. People come up with ideas all the time, but they don't think, the idea is either worthwhile or valid or I can't be bothered or I'm not going to or, mm. you know, whatever, and they just don't take action. And so I've found that by taking action on what sometimes seem like stupid ideas sometimes have great results. Some ideas have stupid results. <laughs> so it's not like every idea that comes out of my brain is brilliant. <laughs> it's just that 
I take action on as many as I can. And some, you know, quite a few of them have made me multiple millions of dollars because it's inspired action. And I'm taking action on that inspiration. As you're telling the story, I'm like, that sounds like a whole lot of trust was involved, not only in just like the universe at large to want to provide and be abundant, but also trust in your own you know, little dinky idea. I'm going to email you know, the secret and see what happens. I wonder if a lot of people skip over what seems like those little ideas because it's not going to make me an immediate millionaire. I think sometimes just any idea, people just discount it because they just don't even think it's a worthwhile idea. Yeah. And they're not even, and, and for me, I don't even think things through. And I think that's half the beauty of how I've been <laughs> successful is I am not a practical business person. Mm. I am not the logical, organized, professional business person. I'm just a creative person who comes up with ideas and doesn't get advice as to whether they're good or bad <laughs> and just goes for it. Yeah. And so some of those ideas just pan out really, really well. Yeah. And I think a lot of people may come up with an idea and may actually think it's worthwhile, but they then get input from everyone they know right. about whether it's good or whether it's bad. Let me ask my mom, let me ask my dad, let me ask my brother, my sister, my best friend, my cousin, my auntie, like get all the input from everyone and think, you know what, that's not such a good idea. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Very much like giving your authority away to other people when you should have just run with it. I love how you say that you're not a good business person or traditional one because a lot of the people who would listen to this are are in these creative businesses and there's this sense of disempowerment in saying, well, I'm just creative. I don't know how to fit into this mold. People can look at you and it's nice to hear you say that, oh, you know, I just do things (laughs) and I follow them and it works. And I do think that is a really great mindset to have, to not overthink yourself out of an idea. Is that what you talk about when you're creating space for prosperity? Like you don't stifle the idea that you have, you give it room to breathe? Yeah, I think when it comes to creating space for prosperity, there's so many levels to that. People often think creating space is all about decluttering on the physical level, like get rid of the stuff in your house and the mess. That's one aspect of it because prosperity, money, ideas, everything, it's all energy. And when your environment is cluttered, then that energy can't flow as well. So making space in the physical environment is great, but also making space in a mental environment. So Mm -hmm. cutting out stuff that is just wasting your time. Do you watch a lot of TV? Do you read a lot of magazines? Do you spend a lot of time on social media? People say, oh, I don't have time to visualize or I don't have time to go through those processes. It's like you've got time for all the other crap. Get rid of some of that Mm -hmm. and then you've got time to, to actually focus on what it is that you want and take action around what you want. But then there's also the emotional. So sometimes we're so bogged down by past ideas, thoughts, comments from other people, situations and experiences that occurred for us. We're so bogged down by all of that and stuck in resentment or guilt if it's something that we've done or anger if it's something someone else has done or just all these negative emotions that, again, 
money is an energy like everything else. And if you're all clogged up with all this negative emotion, which is very heavy, it stops the flow. So when I say declutter and make space, it's really on so many levels, body, mind and spirit. And that's why one of the things I teach my students, it's all about aligning body, mind and spirit. Everything that you do, whether it's an action, whether it's a, a thought, whether it's a, a feeling, an emotion, it's about aligning it all on every level because when you do that, then you allow magic to happen. I always say when you marry the metaphysical with the practical, that's when the magic happens. So when it comes to making space, it's all about doing so in body, mind and spirit. The time sucks that you're talking about, like being on Instagram or being on Facebook. I think a lot of those are avoidance tactics that people use to avoid whatever they're doing that's keeping them out of alignment. Do you recommend any type of like practices to help people not fall into those old patterns and bad habits? I think the number one thing you can do is just become mindful. I think Mm -hmm. people float through their life. They're too busy thinking about something that happened in the past or they're too busy thinking about what's going to happen in the future and they're not in the moment. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've learned is all your power is in the moment bring your energy back into the moment bring energy back into you that allows you to focus on what it is that you want and that energy becomes magnetic but when you're not in the moment your energy is actually scattered here there and everywhere and you don't have any power as i said people floating throughout their days just being very reactive to everything that's happening around them as opposed to being mindful and making choices based on what's best for them best for their family, best for their future, best for their abundance, best for their prosperity, best for their everything. So just being mindful can be very, very empowering. I completely agree. Mindfulness 100%. It's a really, really powerful tool. And as you're speaking, it reminds me, it's almost like a detox that you're talking about. I wonder if people, they create uh, fantasies in their head. I don't have anything that I like being here is is sucky but I'll create this fantasy in my head or I'll read a magazine or I will you know go on Facebook or look at Instagram and see how other people are living their cool magical life and the more that you spend with your own life the more that you're actually able to create the life that you want to live is that what we're getting yeah because like I I know what it's like to have a crappy life being a hundred thousand dollars in debt and on welfare and welfare at the time was like seven and a half thousand US dollars hmm. a year. So you really don't get ahead on that yeah, sort of money, yeah. and especially with two children. So I've been in that place where my life was completely crappy. So when I say be mindful and be in the moment, it's more about not thinking about everything that happened in the past because that's not going to serve you. And right. it's not focusing on what could happen in the future. What you're doing is bringing your energy into the now. And yes, you can do processes and exercises and Mm -hmm. visualize and connect with what it is you truly want. Focus on your dreams and goals. That's what I'm talking about. It's more about bringing energy into the moment, into where you are. And for me personally, I know when I was $100,000 in debt and on welfare, the very fact that I could use those moments 
and close my eyes and focus on being a millionaire and imagining what that was like and imagining being able to travel wherever I wanted and owning my own home and being able to buy what I wanted and having the time and the freedom to make the choices that supported my life and made my heart sing. That, although my life was totally crappy, that felt amazing. That felt incredible. And even, because when I first discovered the law of attraction, Part of me was like, well, as you said, it's a bit woo-woo, is it going to work? Mm. But that just made me feel so much better than my life actually was. And because it made me feel better, I just did that as often as I could because focusing on that and feeling like a millionaire and feeling how my life would be as opposed to being $100,000 in debt and on welfare it really made me just feel good. So in my mind at the time, it was like, even if this doesn't work, I feel so much better. I just spent so much time visualizing and imagining and putting my energy there. Yeah, it sounds like you're saying you used those happy, good feelings as fuel rather than ruminating on anything that anyone else would panic about. Absolutely. And I have to say that you know, most people from the outside looking in would probably think I was delusional <laughs> because I'm $100,000 in debt. I'm getting $7,500 from the government a year mm -hmm. and me imagining I'm a millionaire. Like, yeah, it, it sounds crazy. It sounds delusional. It sounds like completely stupid. But I decided that I had nothing to lose. Like I literally had nothing to lose. I had no money. I was so far in debt. It made me feel better in the moment, so why not go with it? And I'm so glad I did because I may not have really embraced it as much as I did mm -hmm. because when your life is okay and it gets a little bit better, you kind of feel like I'm done. You, you feel like you've got enough money to go on this holiday or buy these shoes or buy whatever you want. You kind of feel like there's no real energy around having to take your life to the next level. But mine right. was so low and so bad that the energy that I had around wanting to change was enormous. So spending the time doing those visualizations and affirmations and all the different processes that I've now put together in programs and my books just made me feel great. You know, people think, oh, she just suddenly became a millionaire, but it didn't just suddenly come out of the blue. I was changing cell by cell at a cellular level. I was changing vibrationally every minute of every day not that I was doing processes and exercises every minute of every day, mm -hmm. but I was doing something every day for an amount of time. It might only be five minutes, might have been an hour, but I was doing something every day to really shift where I was energetically and vibrationally. And over time it builds up and then, you know, magic can happen. Yeah. I wanted to ask, do you ever deal with people who seem to be running on a deficit energetically to where they're polarization is so negative because I've been in this space where I'm so used to fueling my thoughts and my world and everything by depression. Do you have to get to neutral before you can get to positive or are you just able to skip the neutrality point and get straight to, well, this is possible. Good question. Good question. You know what? Someone who is in that place of being anxious and being really negative and being depressed or angry or someone that's so low down in the vibrational scale, it is really hard to jump up to being positive. 
And mm -hmm. so I find that I usually don't even attract people into my programs or that want to buy my mm -hmm. products that are art because it, it seems like pie in the sky stuff. It seems like too good to be true. It, it can't happen. And so then they're, they're not ready. But I always say to people, if they are so low down on that vibrational scale, you don't have to be thinking about being a millionaire or having the perfect life or everything being amazing. Just as you said, come to neutral, come to mm -hmm. a place where you're just okay with what is. That's why when things are really rough and really bad and they get to a point where when people say you hit rock bottom and sometimes at rock bottom, people kind of let go because they're so far down, they feel like they've got nowhere else to go and they suddenly all that anxiety and anxiousness and stress around where they're at for a moment kind of disappears. They release it for a moment because there's nowhere else to go. They're at rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And so they suddenly start to come up. Things start to happen in a positive way for them because they're not so tightly bound to things are going wrong because it's all gone as bad as it can possibly be and they can't get any <laughs> yeah. worse. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely want to come into that neutral place of it being okay, like where I am now. And sometimes it, it is really hard to come to that neutral place because when I was $100,000 in debt, I had no idea how I was going to change that. And so being neutral around having that much debt and not making any money is really, really challenging. But by learning about the law of attraction, I learned that I didn't necessarily have to instantly think about being a millionaire because I didn't at the start. I just used to think about, wouldn't it be great to be out of debt? Wouldn't it just be great to have all that debt just gone? And so I used to write little lists of how much I owed to who, have it all written out, and I'd stick it up on the refrigerator, and then I would just tick it off as if it had been paid. And I'd come and look at that list and see all the little check marks next to everything as if I'd paid it. And it just made me feel better. I didn't feel like a millionaire at all, but I just felt like there was this breathing space. I just felt like this weight had been lifted off my shoulders. Again, so many opportunities and circumstances and situations and things can come into your world that you hadn't seen before because you were so stressed and you had this kind of force field around you keeping all the good stuff away. So yeah, definitely coming into neutral to start with is perfectly fine. Don't try and jump into being Miss Positive Pollyanna because uh, it can backfire. You feel so energetically removed from the good. You can feel so energetically out of alignment that it makes you feel worse. Yeah, and thank you for saying that because I, I think that it turns a lot of people off from the idea of law of attraction because they're like, what are you talking about? I can't even brush my hair in the morning, but I'm a millionaire on the inside. Sure I am, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so I think that's a really good point. If you can just get to neutral, then I know exactly what you're talking about. You hit rock bottom and all of a sudden you're free. And you're like, well, why not? Let's try this law of attraction thing. What's to lose? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, nothing to lose. And so... Let's say that you're at neutral, you've gotten slightly positively charged now. What do you think are some of the ways that we repel money or keep money from coming to us? You know what? Society has a lot to answer for when it comes to it. <laughs> the thing is, we are programmed from the time we're born till the time we're about six or seven, just subconscious programming, whatever's happening around us, whatever our family believes and says, whatever we see in the media, whatever, any conversations, it all goes into our brain. Like we're just like a sponge up until that point. You can't teach a child 
every single rule of being a human. And so nature's made us so that up until that age six or seven, we just absorb all that information and we just, that's how we learn. My parents were brought up or grew up in the depression era. So for them, money is all, was always scarce. Even if they had money, it was like it was going to disappear. This whole thing about the rich got richer and the poor get poorer and yeah. you must be doing something slightly illegal if you've got a lot of money because people just don't make that sort of money. And yeah. all these underlying beliefs around money and people who had money were mean or evil or all those things that I didn't even know I had were embedded deep in my brain. So even when I got to the point where I was able to get out of debt and I wanted to be that millionaire, there's still part of me that was like, well, hang on a minute, you don't want to be that millionaire because if you're wealthy, then you're one of those mean people. You're one of those people that's doing something slightly illegal. You know, you, you don't want to be one of those people. Out of everyone, your family will be the one that tears you down. This isn't every family, but most people's family. Why is that? Do they not want us to be successful? No, it's coming from a place of love and trying to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. it, it's not coming from a place of we don't think you've got what it takes or we don't want you to get ahead. It's coming from a place of they really care and love you and want you to be safe and want you to be secure. And so in their brain, they don't understand your idea or your path. And so it's much easier for them to hold you back and keep you safe rather than let you go out into the wild. It comes back to when we're back in the caveman days because we're still wired exactly the same. So back in the caveman days, if someone um, went somewhere different, they could get lost and any of those things could end up in death. If you weren't part of the community, part of the tribe, you can survive on your own. You could get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger or something. So people try and keep you safe by keeping you stuck, by keeping you in that same place. And so when we try to create prosperity and wealth, we actually self-sabotage ourselves. I have a law of attraction coach training program and I internationally certify people to be coaches. And one of the things I do with my coaches is work on their mindset as well as practical steps to build a coaching business because what happens is, Someone says, right, okay, I want to build my coaching business and I want more clients. And they start to, you know, take actions because it's all about body, mind and spirit. So they're taking actions and thinking the right way and feeling the right way to get these new clients. And they start to get some new clients. They get some emails or they get some phone messages. But then something kicks in, this self-sabotage, and they don't even know and they forget to make a phone call or they don't write the number down. They start to do little things that sabotage what could be their success because they don't want to be different than the tribe and be ostracized. So they're just trying to keep themselves safe. So quite often it's not even other people that are interfering with your prosperity and abundance. It's yourself. Yeah. I really think that there is this belief amongst spiritual practitioners in particular that you don't want to be so much more wealthy than the people that you're trying to serve because it makes you unrelatable or you know if you raise your prices too much then how can you help people I wonder if it's this savior complex that sort of gets a lot of people especially in like my little corner little oh, niche totally. of the world yeah totally like on you've hit on something that's so true it's almost like they believe everyone believes wealth and spirituality don't mix right but honestly, look at Mother Teresa. 
Now, everyone thinks she's some poor woman out of somewhere really bad in Calcutta. She actually came from a wealthy family herself. And oh. she, yeah, so she came from a wealthy family. She saw what was happening to the poor and she stepped in to help them. But her personally, you know, she may dress like she was very poor and she didn't have much, but she travelled first class around the world, first class mm. flying, first class hotels, first class everything. And she was one of the most spiritual people you would know. The more you have, the more you can make a difference. So the more money someone creates and, and manifests, A, you help yourself, B, you can help others, and C, you can be a guiding light for others as to what's possible. People in, in spiritual circles often, as you say, don't want to make more money because they feel like they can't serve the people they need to. But the more money you make, the more you're actually able to get out there and spread your message and the bigger difference you can make. So if when I first discovered the law of attraction, if I decided to stay small, I might have been able to help a handful of people here and a handful of people there and maybe a few people in my community. But I decided that I wanted to go big. And I wanted to be a millionaire. And doing that has enabled me to step out and have an international voice to people all around the world and change so many more lives than I would have if I'd stayed small and tried to fit into the mold of someone who was spiritual. Because honestly, if you have a service or you have something you can offer, you can offer different levels. Like mm -hmm. I have a book that's $27. So anyone with a little bit of money, and that's Australian dollars, so I don't know, it's probably about $19 in US money. So anyone that wants to take that first step can do it. But yes, I've got programs all the way to $4,000. But people will buy at every step. There's going to be people at every step. So if you have a service and you're worried about not serving people because you're potentially going to be too high priced, then have something that's low priced, but then have something that's slightly high priced where you bring in something else. You can serve people at every level, mm -hmm. no matter how spiritual you are, based on what you create and what you want to offer the world. So you yeah. can be as spiritual as you like and just offer different levels of service. Yeah, the way that you're talking about money really brings to mind the flow of abundance, how we're not necessarily meant to squat on a whole pile of money, because I think if I'm understanding you correctly, energetically, that means that you are out of the flow of abundance. And right. on top of that, that's just not how that works. Yeah. <laughs> that's not if, how you're, works. if you're holding tight to the money that you have, mm -hmm. it's not flowing in because you're not allowing it to flow out. So it's all about having money and spending it on the things that you want, doing the things that make your heart sing, giving to the causes that you feel good about. And the more that you can allow that flow to happen and you'll find more will come to you. And it's not all about, as you say, it's not about hoarding and sitting on it and squatting on it like Scrooge McDuck. It's about <laughs> you know knowing there's more. And if you really align with and, and utilize the law of attraction, magic can happen. And it seems as if that's something that we like delegate towards, quote unquote, the rich to spend their money and whatnot. But people who feel as if they're in the deficit, you know, in the hole when it comes to money, do you also recommend that they don't necessarily squat on what they do have and maybe loosen up a little bit with how they relate to the money that they have? Yeah, because money is an energy like anything else. And if you don't have very much, right. I mean, it's hard to squat on money if you don't have it. Right. But, <laughs> but the thing is, it's all about aligning body, mind and spirit. So 
you know, squatting on any money that you have, yes, that's definitely an action. But then it's how do you feel? When money comes to you, people usually feel good. When it goes out, people that don't have money feel bad. One of the things I learned early on is feel good about the money going out just as much as the money coming in because it's all an energy. And if you're feeling good half the time and bad half the time, you're going to kind of be in neutral. Back in the day when I first learned Law of Attraction, you didn't really have online banking. It was all done with checks. So I would write a check to the electricity company or the phone company or whoever I need to write it to. And on the back, I'd have my beautiful, bright fluoro markers and I'd put a big heart and a dollar sign and say, thank you. And so it was about getting in the moment when I was paying my bills of feeling really great about how the electric company was giving me all this electricity that enabled my fridge to run and keep my food fresh and being really grateful for that service and grateful for the fact that I could pay them so I could continue to have that service. And so, you know, it's about being just as happy about the money flowing in as it is flowing out. And when you can do that, again, that, that can start to bring you back into neutral and then you can start to really feel gratitude for the money that's going out really feel gratitude for the things that you're using and you know when you go and buy petrol instead of going oh my god look how how expensive it is it's like aren't i lucky that mm-hmm. i get to fill my car and drive whatever i want so it's about really being again being mindful in those moments of what you're appreciative of and what you're grateful for and that will just allow you to attract more things into your life to appreciate and be grateful for hmm. well thank you sandy i love that Is there a gift that you have for our listeners if they're maybe ready to break through their blocks and start manifesting money? Yeah. So I've put together a little money manifesting bundle of some guided visualizations and some prosperity affirmations and a few things that's really going to allow you to start to rewire your mind around money and around attracting it to you. So if anyone's interested, they can get it no cost at all at wildlywealthyfree.com. Well, thank you so much. Do you have any last piece of inspiration for the listeners? Yeah, I really want to say, you know, a lot of people might look at me and say, well, you went from welfare to millionaire and you're special and you know something that we don't. But honestly, I dropped out of high school. I didn't even finish high school. So I only went to grade 11, didn't even do my last year. I had no connections, didn't know anyone that could help me, had no financial backing at all. Like I had nothing and really no skills like I didn't have any great business knowledge or any great anything but I learned the law of attraction I fell in love with it I put it into place I learned about neuroscience how to rewire the brain I joined the two together I took action and I went from welfare to millionaire I completely transformed my life and that's my absolute passion now showing other women how to do it so I believe if I can do it anyone can do it Well, thank you so much. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you and how they can contact you? Yeah, the best way to find me is at my website, wildlywealthy.com. Well, thank you so much, Sandy. I really appreciate you speaking to us. I enjoyed that conversation. I thought that was great. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening in, and we'll see you next time. Mm 